Hello, and welcome to the Ecom Ops Podcast. We believe that there is more than enough content focused on e-commerce marketing and not enough content celebrating the real heroes of e-commerce, those running the operation. Each week, we find and interview an e-commerce operations expert to share the secrets behind how some of this industry's most exciting businesses are run. And now, your host, Norbert Strapler, the CEO of Sync Spider. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ecom Ops podcast. And today I have a really special guest. It's George, and George is helping web store owners to better convert their visitors. And there is one thing that I just read on his website: ninety-seven point six percent of your website visitors won't buy from your store today. This is huge, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> welcome, George. He will help us. Hi, George. Great to have you here. Hi, Norbert. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Uh, how's it yeah, going? Yeah, absolutely. Well, a lot of work uh, in these days. So we had uh, Black Friday. Now we have Cyber Monday. So I'm really happy that you even have time today to jump to this interview. My pleasure. My pleasure. It's <laughs> It's been a busy time, but I mean, it's it, you can always make time to to meet cool people, you know? Uh, that's, yeah, that's my absolutely. mantra. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, that's cool. How, how was uh, uh, Black Friday and Cyber Monday for you? Did you have a lot to do with the customers? Uh, I worked on a fairly long Black Friday launch, uh, which is finishing today, uh, Cyber Cyber Monday. Um, but nothing I haven't seen before, really. Yeah. Nothing I haven't seen before, really. Um, so... Just, just to to maybe share a little bit about my background for your yes. for the viewers. Up until fairly recently, I was the marketing director of of, of a big e-commerce company called Deep Brands. Deep Brands is a company that owns multiple stores all over the world, from the US uh, to to Europe. Um, but two months or so ago, I decided to part ways with Deep Brands and start my own agency which can be found at georgecapernaros.com, which is my name, not very original. Um, and what I do is that I help uh, e-commerce companies improve their on-site experience, their advertising creative and retention marketing. The goal being, as always, to increase the, the number of customers they get, the conversion rate, the profitability, and so forth. Um, so that's that's my 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 background. Uh, and and so how did you get first into e-commerce? How did it start for you to be there? Yeah, so it started almost uh, by accident, I should say. Uh, so <laughs> I was hired <laughs> yeah, by Div Brands uh, as a contractor, copywriter. I was, I think, the, the third or second contractor of the company. And in less than than three years, we grew the company to over a hundred employees. Uh, wow. So it was, yeah, it was it was a big ride, a fast ride. But my background is actually in you know political science. That's what I studied in university. Which, mm-hmm. from a certain point of view, it is marketing on a macro level. That's what that's <laughs> yeah, what I is. like to say. Yeah, <laughs> it is. So yeah. Uh, At least you work a lot with personas. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's a good and, 
And so you have a lot of experience uh, in e-commerce. Um, can you tell us what sets the winners apart from the rest? So this, this is a very good question. And I've noticed that many people like to boil it down in one thing. Like they will say it's the product or it's the brand. Uh, but I think it's actually a combination of things. Um, I would say the three things that need to be there to, to, to make it uh, as, as an e-commerce business is, first of all, solid business fundamentals, meaning you know a reliable supply chain, uh, good customer service, a plan to acquire customers, profit margins that are reasonable. Many e-commerce businesses do not have good profit margins, so that has yeah. to be built into from, from the get-go. Uh, the second thing, which I think is quite important, is to have a product that has the potential to go big. And the way I call it is a differentiated hero product. What I mean by that uh, is a product that's desirable to a big audience in a new, unusual, uh, or better way than what they've been used to before. Um, the third thing, which brings everything together, in my opinion, is to have a communication uh, strategy that both gets attention and gets sales. And I don't really, rem I don't remember the company that had this this ad, but it really encapsulates what I mean. I, I saw an ad that said the only performance sneakers that are banned by the NBA which gets attention and leads to the conclusion that those performance sneakers are so good, they were banned. So that's <laughs> what brings everything together. Um, I think it's a combination of those three things, maybe. Having solid fundamentals, um, a, a good product that can go big, uh, and then the messaging. That's, yeah, that's, that's cool. What, what can all those drop shippers then do? So this is uh, really a perfect strategy for a good new product, of course. Um, but then we have so many uh, drop shippers uh, out there as well. Pre what can they do? Yeah, yeah resellers. Yeah. How so can I they outstand? So first of all, it's not as easy as many people like to make it. Yeah. Uh, you know, because Fully the way more... The way most people would approach it is that they would find suppliers in China, which by definition means they would have slow shipping times. Yep. And for good or worse, we live in the same existence as Amazon Prime, which means that having slow shipping doesn't really uh, work out so well, more often than not. But uh, I think what I said more or less applies to the reseller model as well. There are, I think, good products that haven't been uh, promoted in a, in, not intelligent, but in an effective way yet. So even if you do not create your own product, there are still opportunities to be found. And yeah. the, the way I would, like if I was starting from scratch, this is, this is the advice I would give to somebody. I would see an opportunity that's proven in one geography, for example, the US. And I would try to apply that in a different geography, for example, in Europe. 
that's a way to make, to decrease the risk because it has already been proven in a way. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would do, and what and I would what I would say to drug seekers. Okay, cool. Thank you. Um, operationally, what what would you what should be the biggest focus for an e-commerce business leader? I may not sound so original, uh, but I think it should be to increase profitability and decrease costs. <laughs> and and, and that, that's that's my perspective. And the way to to do so, uh, let's start with profitability. It's essentially a way, a sequence of questions that need to be answered. Right? How can I get more customers to the door? Which has to do with the ads. How can I convert more of them? Uh, to customers, which has to do with the landing page. How can I make them spend more? Which has to yep. do with bundling products together, having, you know, buy three, get one, get one uh, free, something like that. And then the next part is to stimulate repeat purchases, which is what happens when you set up retention marketing programs, upsells, cross-sells on the back end. And what I've noticed is that Unfortunately, not many uh, business owners build their product list having that in mind. And what happens is that they don't have something to cross-sell to the customers after they they make the first purchase. Now, the issue is that the first purchase, as we said, uh, because the profit margins are low, is not always so profitable. So the real stability and profit comes from the repeat purchases, which means that the new products that we either develop or add to our store as resellers need to be added from the perspective of who would buy that. So it's almost like building a spider web of products. When somebody buys product A, they should buy product B or product C or product D. So you select those products and interconnect them. Um, If you ever worked with Apple products, you know exactly what George is talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's actually the perfect example. Um, yeah. yeah. Interconnected uh, and you cannot use it with something else. <laughs> yeah. And, and just, just a little note on decreasing costs because I also mentioned decreasing costs. Um, I, I, I think the first step is to create uh, what, what is called SOPs, standard operating procedures. So when something is done repeatedly, uh, it should be documented so that it can be done in an easier way the next time or potentially be taught uh, into a new team member, a new hire. And eventually, if documented well enough, then we can look into automating it even, mm-hmm. which is the, 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 the best way to the best way to operate things, things that you do frequently, yeah. things that you repeat, repetitive tasks, um, mm-hmm. always try to operate, uh, to, to automate them. Absolutely. Yeah. What, what are the four biggest dangers to an e-commerce startup um, and how can you yeah. avoid them? What do you think? So um, I think we touched upon some of them already. I think the biggest issue is not having a market for whatever it is that you're selling. Um, I can't say names, but I recently had, I will describe the experience I had without describing names. I recently consulted a company that's selling, um, you know, black support 
and elbow support equipment. And what they did is that they decided to make this kind of product fashionable. Mm-hmm. Now, that sounds unusual. And at first glance, you may say, yeah, I would like to look fashionable when I, when I wear, you know, when I have my shirt arm, uh, you know, uh, wrapped around and stuff. But if you think about it, at uh, the second thought, when you are injured, you are not really looking to be fashionable, right? You are looking to get the product that supports you well. So yeah. what this did is that it increased the cost of actually producing those products without allowing them to increase the price because the higher price comes with a medical positioning, which means that they essentially decrease the profit margin. And they, they, I don't think they had any indication to pursue that path, but unfortunately they did. So the cure to not having a market for your product is to change the business, really, that you shouldn't pursue a dead end. Uh, but the way to avoid being in that area, that situation, rather, in the first place is to test before you build something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I already mentioned that, but a hack is to take pre-validated ideas from other geographies and bring them to geographies they haven't yet been launched. Um, so that's that's the first danger. Uh, the second danger is bad mathematics, no profit margin. Um, the way to to combat that really is, as I already said, to establish retention marketing programs, meaning nobody should be buying once without a follow-up to buy a second or a third time. And the way to do that, the, the most obvious rather way to do that would be through email. But it doesn't have to be email. It can be a number of things. It can be text messages, SMS. It can be WhatsApp. It can be uh, Messenger. It, it can be all sorts of... The important bit is this. When you pay for advertising, which is how most people acquire customers, you have, excuse me, the cost of advertising reducing your profit margin. When you find a low cost, way to follow up, you don't have that, which means the, the margin increases significantly. So that's, that it's really important that you set up the systems for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm rambling a bit. I'm sorry. Uh, what was the... Yeah, so the, the, third, um, the, the third issue is to have an unreliable supply chain. Yeah. Uh, I'm not really a supply chain expert, uh, so I don't have much to say there other than you should be working with reliable people, uh, reliable partners, uh, third-party logistics or whatever it is that that you're using. But you if, should, if you uh, delivery is late or if, if, um, if, if um, a product runs out of stock, and you can't deliver in time. Mm. This is one of the most uh, annoying experiences that a yeah. user can have with your store. And yeah. um, and it just leads to bad reputation, to bad reviews. Uh, and bad reviews, you know, um, anyway, is... is they is, murder is, you. Yeah, they murder you. They murder you, definitely. So um, this is the bad thing about reviews, that um, 
people that have a very good experience need to be additionally motivated to give you a good review, while people that had a bad experience would like to review you and give you um, um, their impression, what they think about you with the bad experience post. So this is really something that definitely needs to be handled with care. Yeah, supply chain really is important. It's part of life too. Mm. I mean... As I said, we live in the same world as Amazon Prime, so that should be factored in um, beforehand. Yeah. It's not always easy. Um, my my policy, if any, is to be upfront with delays so that the people that buy are aware of them. Yeah, uh, that's what I would recommend in in a, in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. Um, is there is there anything else what you recommend or um, to do um, or or um, what what could could users do um, as um, as quick wins for instance uh, to improve their conversions? So the best way the best way to improve conversions, I think, is to make the product page be relevant. Yeah. to what the user wants. Like that's the number one thing. The second thing is to make it easy to use. Uh, and the, the third thing is, it's not always possible, but there should be a reason to act now in a way. So that can be done through, I don't know, discounts maybe, or special offers and so forth. But the, prim- the primary lever at our disposal is really relevant. And the way to be relevant is to know what people want. The need to know, the way to know what people want is to, it's something I call bottom up analysis is to find people that match the avatar you have, the customer persona you have and talk to them, really get to know them. You can have uh, reviews. Or forums, and you know, read what people say online as 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 a proxy to that. But it's always better if you talk to people. Um, one interview in my in my book is worth a hundred surveys. Uh, that that yeah. that's my perspective. That's cool. Um, and in terms of conversions, I often hear uh, hear about um, A/B split testing and mm-hmm. button colors and. Text oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Is this really relevant for so, a startup or, or uh, does the color of the button really matter in these times? So here's the thing with A-B tests. Um, you can't really run A-B tests unless you have sufficient traffic to your page. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what is sufficient traffic? Um, how much people do I need to really... Can, can really make a it depends depends uh, it yeah. depends on on the conversion goal you're testing for if it's purchases then you will probably need a lot of traffic if it's uh, something simpler like like i don't know testing whether people would scroll after a certain point that's kind of easier to get so it, it all depends really that doesn't mean that small companies can't test things in fact i think they should uh, be testing things, but they will have almost by definition to be slightly less scientific about it. Um, you you can draw macro conclu- conclusions generally speaking, 
but you can't point down uh, the exact element that affected the change uh, when you don't have sufficient traffic to run tests. And obviously, this is even more true when it comes to things like multivariate tests, which change multiple things at the same time. Yeah. And A-B tests usually changes two things. Yeah. So the button color matters, but only if you have enough people to test it out. <laughs> yeah, not, not quite my point, unfortunately. Uh, I would not start testing button colors personally. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the, the approach, the recommended approach is to do the research, come up with a hypothesis, and then run a test. Now, yeah. what, what the hypothesis will be and what the test will be depends on its use case. But it's usually not button colors. No? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got you. Um, let's talk a bit about automations, a bit about automations. Um, mm. What role do you see in uh, automations in the next few years? So, disclaimer, I don't know. It's very hard to, to tell, really. Uh, everything is changing so fast. I can it's only... I, since, I the COVID, since the pandemic now, um, I think we, we've won uh, several years uh, in, in digitalization. So um, a lot of things are changing much, much, much faster. Unbelievably true, especially in a country like Greece, let me tell you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I'm from Greece. Um, so oh, it's the same here I, in Austria. So <laughs> don't worry. I, I will make uh, some fairly broad predictions. But again, I'm just guessing now. I do believe that performance marketing, media buying, uh, performance content, you know, copy about discounts, for example, all those things will be largely automated. I do believe that customer service will be even more automated than it is now. Uh, I, I do There's believe that... Bots, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I do believe there will always be some people that want to be serviced by a human. I do believe that. Uh, but I think they will decrease. Yeah. And all in all, I think that it will be easier to start, but harder to compete with each other because every, everything will be driven by algorithms, really. It, it happens to an extent already. You can set up an ad on Facebook and you don't have to select placements. You can select automatic placements and it will generally do a better job than if you did it manually. So it already happens to an extent. Um, yeah, that's, that's my take. Cool. Thank you very much. Now, uh, George, the last question for today. Um, who has taught you the most about e-commerce in your career? Mm -hmm. So definitely uh, Jonathan Esliman and Lorenzo Machiel, who were my bosses in Div. Both of them are in different ways, <laughs> geniuses. Um, and I've really, really learned a lot from, from both of them. Hi, guys, in case you're watching. Um, hopefully. And, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> and in a, in a more broad way, like in a role model sort of way, I would have to say Pep Laya from CXL. Mm -hmm. Conversion. Great. Great. Um, yeah, it was really, really awesome to speak with you, George. Thank you very much. Um, I 
took out a few points. So um, it's it's something that is, uh, I think, very 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 generally spoken. But of course, um, the store owners should have a unique product or at least mm. unique selling points. Um, mm. It doesn't matter if it's an e-commerce business or just a business um, that is selling something or even a service. Um, it needs to have unique selling points. It needs to be somehow unique or have something better than others in a specific way. And even if you're a dropshipper just selling products that are um, reselling products, you can be outstanding in terms of service, in terms of delivery times, in terms of communication, presentation, marketing of the products, and pointing out the things in a different way. I think this is... Um, mm-hmm. everything, every product can be, um, presented in a unique way so that you meet your target audience and that you can mm-hmm. sell it to that specific audience. I also see that, um, what, what I like really, um, the most here in, in, in an interview, um, have your SOPs ready, have it ready to, 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 to manage your processes. When you have a process, write it down. Um, and reuse the process. Don't think about that. It costs you so much time if you always start thinking again and again and again. Um, how should I do this? Write it down, make the process, save your time, use it for marketing um, and, and for improving your products. Absolutely. 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 I agree with everything you just said. One small note. I don't think it's necessary to be better. I think it's almost better these days to be different. You don't have necessarily that. That's that's my perspective at least. Yeah. Um, it it was great talking to you though. Um, yeah. Norbert. Thank I, you. I really enjoyed our talk. Thank you. Um, Thank you very much, George. Um. Yeah. And uh, don't forget to sign up for uh, the next episodes. Uh, just hit the like button. And uh, happy to talk to you soon. Bye bye. And that's it for this episode of the Ecom Ops Podcast. If you enjoyed listening and would like us to find and interview more e-commerce operations experts, please search for Ecom Ops Podcast in your favorite podcast listening app and then subscribe, rate, and review. Until next time.